What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 552 of the Smartout Moment Smack Talk podcast, Hot Tags of the Week. We're going to be running down the biggest and best and worst and most interesting stories that have happened in the world of pro wrestling these past few days. We're going to talk about gossip and rumors and trademarks and people signing companies and leaving companies and a little bit of blood and guts while we're at it, too. And I probably just completely screwed my advertisements up with my <laughs> mentioning that in the first 30 seconds of this. But hey, that's how YouTube works. So uh, big middle finger to you out there in the algorithm world. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango. And joining me, as always, are Robert E. Police. That was unnecessarily aggressive. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It was necessary. <laughs> and Callum Wiggins. F you, mother flippers. <laughs> Yeah, you take all your uh, your B and G out there and uh, the F know, is for it. fun. <laughs> Get the F out. There you go. <laughs> okay, so we got some things to talk about here. That's kind of the whole point. And while we go and we talk about these things, we want to know what you have to say about them. So by all means, of course, if you're listening to this on YouTube in particular, you got that comment section. Hit that up and tell us what you're thinking. Whether it's good or bad, you agree or disagree, whatever it might be. And while you're over there, make sure you do everything you normally do for any kind of YouTube channel that you support, because this is the whole point, is the like button shows that you like things. The subscribe button means you are subscribed to it. I don't think I need to break down YouTube in 2022, but you never know. Some people go, ah, oh, that's right, there's a there's a join button, and I can join that way. And if you can, go uh, do that and get access to the members-only content. Same thing as the Patreon, patreon.com slash smartoutmoment. And if you want to help us out on the monetary side of things outside of that, you know, you can't necessarily either toss a buck our way towards the Patreon or whatever, or you don't want to be part of the dark cast or the pick your poison tier. You can also pick up merchandise on T public and Redbubble, And there's also that little thanks button. That's on that. Thanks to uh, the like button there and the other little buttons down there. So if you want to just be like, Hey, you know, buy yourselves a cup of coffee. I don't drink coffee, but uh, I don't know the cup of hot chocolate, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I'll use it to get fries for the next order that I get. And you're like, yeah, I think I'll get an order of fries too. Um, so as we go along here, uh, if you are not on YouTube and you're listening to this on like Spotify or something like that, if you got the ability to leave a, a rating or a, a like or whatever platform you're listening on, that'll help out a lot too. And uh, yeah, let's chat it up. So let's talk about a trademark. Why not? <laughs> let's start off with the trademark stuff. Wyatt six, the number six, that is what Rotunda has trademarked. And I honestly hate it. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to use it for, but I am really hoping that that is not a ring name that he is hoping to go by. You don't even know where the man is going yet. You're already like, hate it. Um, I just can't see anything that this would apply to that. I would think, oh, that's a great name for it. Cause if it's like merch, why it's six? Why six? If it's a TV show, what? If it's like, imagine, a, you know, you know, it's I just, imagined it was a stable of six guys just because six. The Wyatt six. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it could be a ring name. I know six is his son's middle name. He likes the number six. So really, that's his kid's middle name. It's a, uh, it's, I believe it's Nash six. So huh. he must've been a big fan of the NWO. Um, yeah, I'm excited for him making any movement because I've told you off the air, I sometimes just search the trademarks for Cult of Wyndham, thinking that at any point in the last year that would have been trademarked. And it was not. And he's finally done something, so now I'm excited. 
now I'm disappointed knowing that he's named this kid six that he must clearly not be a fan of Seinfeld because he could have gone with seven. That's a much better name. <laughs> now, if it was Wyatt Soda, <laughs> it's got some cachet, baby. <laughs> oh, I make myself laugh at the very least. Callum, what do you think about Wyatt six? <laughs> uh, I have no idea what it could potentially apply to. So it's hard to have any kind of perspective on it until we see what he actually uses it for. My, my initial gut feeling would be that it might be something to do with how many characters were there in the fun, Firefly Funhouse? Um, see, there was um, Huskus the Pig Boy. There was the Witch Girl, uh, the uh, Rambling Rabbit. They, they had a, the Walrus. Mercy the Buzzard. Mercy the Buzzard. Yeah. They had the Walrits for Paul Heyman. So that's and five. Had the and had the bits of Amanda. Oh, Vince. So that's uh, that's six right there. They might have had a seventh. Yeah. That, yeah. You think, you think this is the new name for the Pee Wee's Playhouse deal? The Wyatt Six. <laughs> I mean, he's got it right now. I'm looking at the trademark. He has it for like merchandise options like hats, shirts, sweatshirts, bandanas, hooded sweatshirts. And then entertainment in the nature of wrestling contests, live visual and audio performances by an actor or whatever. So it, it seems like it would be a ring name. And maybe he's trying to do, you know, why it's 666 or whatever. Uh, I'm not a fan if that's where he's going. I think that it's uh, it's derivative in a way that, like, yeah, I get it. You're going to go with Bray Wyatt in a way because you still want to capitalize off of that. But Wyatt six? I don't know. I think I'd rather go with Wyatt something else or something else Wyatt. Like, oh, you know, uh, Commander Wyatt or fucking whatever. I don't know. Not Commander. That wouldn't work. But something along those lines. You know, I've been rechristened with this kind of totemic name and my last name of Wyatt. I think that, that would be at it better. I don't know. Maybe he's planning on doing something completely fucking bonkers. But that's Wyatt six. It's a trademark. I don't think there's been any other trademarks uh, this week. Uh, Usually, was, uh, we got that. the JD McDonough one already. We know that's uh, Jordan Devlin. They I waited have, this long to do that. Yeah, they. There's a few of them that they wait till after to do it, but that was one of them. Um. Yeah, I think we're all caught up on trademarks. I'm looking at a couple different sites that I have bookmarked, and yeah, the most recent one beyond JD McDonough is WWE the SmackDown Lockdown and Miles Bourne and Hank Walker, which we talked about that before. So, yeah, it's trademark talk for the week. I know everybody is uh, most excited about that more than anything else. So, like, we don't care what you think about blood and guts. We want to know what you think about trademarks. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Let's talk about some, uh, some adjustments to a card here. The Wrestling Entertainment Series. Now, this was the event that had been brought up by... The uh, authors of Pain, they created their own organization and they were advertising, you know, hey, this is going to be like the biggest names in pro wrestling and the po best possible athletes that we can bring on to you. We're going to have a card that's absolutely magnanimous. And they had a card that I, I wasn't super feeling, but it seemed like they at least tried. And then lo and behold, turned out that they couldn't really do that date <laughs> anymore. <laughs> so outside of that they started to build towards july 9th is when this is going to happen so this is only a few days from now and we just got the updated card like yesterday or so 
which is not a good sign as That's well. The first time around, though, they sort of just were like, "Hey, it's in a week. Here's the card." They're looking to, yeah. Obviously, they want to sell out the arena because you always want to sell out. But it's the Motor Point Arena in Nottingham, and it's on Fight TV for anybody who wants to obviously not travel over there and just order it. I'm considering getting this and doing some kind of, you know, uh, live watch along or something. I don't know. I, I haven't quite decided yet. It depends I on. I probably have it, so I'm all for doing that. But the card right now. This is what it is, the updated card, which isn't even a finished card either, so that's another thing, too. You've got a set of pre-show matches that are free. One of them is No Way Jose. You can't go by No Way Jose, but it's No Way Jose. Against Jody Fleish? Fleish? Jody Fleish, yeah. I'm assuming Fleish. Never once heard of him in my entire life, so, you know, he's a guy. Uh... (laughs) Looks kind of jacked. That's all I can say about that. You have also have uh, Eric Young against Zach Zodiac, who I don't know, but I know Eric Young. You guys know anything about uh, Zodiac or Fleisch? I don't know anything about Zodiac. I've seen Fleisch. He's all right. Um, yeah, I'm not aware of either of them. Not to an expensive amount, anyway. So I'm going to go uh, prediction-wise in a you know, future article, probably. I'm not going to bother to do a pay-per-view point for this because, come on, I'm not fucking crazy. But uh, I'm thinking No Way Jose and and Eric Young win these because they are the more established names. But I think that when we get to Dean Mutati, a.k.a. Mojo Rawley, against Damo Mackle, a.k.a. Killian Dane, thinking Killian Dane wins that one. I'm going to go with Mojo. I feel like he's more invested in Wrestling Entertainment Series. Yeah, I'll go with the one that was signed to do the the previous show. Hmm. Do you remember what he was up against before? Wasn't uh, it uh, Lince Dorado? Yeah, he was up against Lince Dorado, yeah. I mean, so he probably would have beaten Lince. But we got Lince Dorado against uh, Samurai Del Sol. Should have been the match to begin with, or they should be a tag team. I'm surprised they didn't go with that. Yeah, I mean, Kalisto versus Lince, that could be fun. I don't think I've ever seen them against each other before. Yeah, I I look forward to that. I'll go Kalisto on that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where we got we got uh, the Women's World Tag Team Championship, which is not uh another main event <laughs> like copied and pasted, but it is the She Wolves, who I can't even tell you who they are. They are the She Wolves. It's two people, and they didn't put their names, so I don't know who they are. Against Anastasia, who I don't know. And stuff Delander. Now it's you might Persia not right now. You might not recognize that name, but that's Persia Perota. So I immediately just go, oh, so Persia wins because she's you know the name out of them. <laughs> yeah, this is not uh, Chelsea Green and Diana Perazzo. No, it is not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll say the team of Persia wins. I'm trying to see who the sheep wolves are. See if I can kind of gauge that some way. Apparently, it's a um, it's an actual it's a stable people, or at least that's what Cage Match says. She wolves were a stable composed of Angel Hayes, Casey o- Casey Owens, Lana Austin, Molly Spartan, and Riho. So, a couple of people from NXT UK 
or that have appeared uh like angel hayes and all that i don't know if she's technically signed but she might be and then like reho and whatever that's a fucking all over the place yeah i don't know where they would have um all been together to do that but oh so, oh, so it's not reho it's rio oh it's a different r-h-i-o Instead. Oh come on! They're really copying that. Well, I don't know if they're copying it. I don't know whether that's her name. Could just be Rio. Her name is Rio, and she's a show girl. <laughs> uh, so um, they're all uh, br- like British wrestlers. So maybe that's two of them that are just representing the whole group. Like, judging by the pictures, neither of them is uh, Lana Rostin, and I presume neither of them are Angel Hayes either, because if she's working NXT UK, then that seems unlikely. So it could be one of Casey Owens, Molly Start Molly Spartan or Rio. Who was uh the people that Green and Peraza were gonna fight before? Uh they were gonna fight uh oh, I they were gonna fight uh, Tenille or something. Yeah they were gonna fight the influence uh Tenille Dashwood and Madison Ray. Oh man, this is a uh... Got their all off the card, but yeah, that, yeah, that's a that's a definitive drop down. You got a, a former champion against a former champion against a former champion against a former champion, whatever. And then they're like about <laughs> the she wolves and Anastasia, and, and not to crap on them, of course. I mean, maybe they're great, but as far as just name value goes, you lose more and more of these people. You lost. Uh, I'm looking at the card now. You lost Mike Bennett. You lost Biff Busick. You lost uh, Fandango. There's no Killer Cross. Cross. You have no Jonah anymore. Weston Blake, Steve Macklin, uh, CJ Perry is no longer on this card. Braun Strowman is no longer on this card. Yeah, they uh, they're not um, looking great on that. But I'm gonna go with uh, Persia winning because she's Persia, and then we don't know uh, much about who. Nia Jax's opponent is going to be Lena Fanine against TBD for the Women's World Championship. So, uh, look, I'll make this quick as far as uh, predictions. Lena Fanine is partnered with AOP on their NFT thing. It's Lena. She'll be winning. She very much was going to be winning anyway. Yeah. I, I don't know what happened to Lana because Lana was actually even announced for the second show. And it wasn't until after they announced the guard that they amended it and pulled her out. I don't know what she's up to these days. Like maybe she's like filming a movie or something. Maybe that kind of got in the way. But it is, you know, and it's not a good thing when you end up seeing, hey, it's uh, eight days before this event, and we still don't have an actual opponent for the women's world championship. I would have thought just you know for the sake of it that they would have put persia there because that's the match that matters more and well, she's you know she's tall i mean it'd be a lot easier to find somebody to team with her i would assume well it means that the land is gonna win and probably gonna win titles yeah if you face uh, lena she's not gonna win anything hold on let's talk about this for a second your justification is She's tall. Yeah. Let's let's put her in there. That she's tall. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you like look at all the the other people that you could potentially get that are going to be like a fourth of Nia's size. Can't really buy into that, but Persia, I could see her taking a fight to to Nia. 
She's not going to. Like, I mean, obviously not on this card anyway, but like she wouldn't win, but hey, you know, it'd be something. Maybe they want to build to that. I don't fucking know. <laughs> they want to build to that on their show that happens in, you know, 14 days from now since they keep just popping up out of nowhere. But I mean, uh, if you don't know who it is and they're not trying to do the whole like bait and switch where it's tough because I mean, I can understand a philosophy one way or the other too. Either they don't have somebody and they're just like, fuck, we, TBD, we'll figure it out. Even if we have to call somebody that fucking day, we'll figure it out. Or they have somebody and they're really hoping that they can get the mystery person kind of buzz and be like, oh, I'm going to get the card because I don't know if that's going to be like a Mickey James or if that's going to be a whatever, which I can't picture anybody that's available right now that would make sense that they wouldn't just already say because if it's a big enough name in nwa or elsewhere you would want to get them on the card so people could potentially want to be excited for it and maybe that is the plan i don't know but i also think that there's probably more of a chance that they're just kind of like hey if we make it a mystery then people will sign up and if they're disappointed we already fucking got their money i have no idea who it could possibly be but then again, I don't follow this circuit, so. Uh, tag team titles are the Legion of Pain, AOP themselves, against BT Gunn and Kez Evans. So they were originally going to go up against Macklin and Blake. And I don't know who BT Gunn and Kez Evans are. <laughs> and it's their promotion, and they should just hold the titles. <laughs> should just walk in with the championships mm-hmm. and just be like, yeah, we already won them. There's a tournament in Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> You know, like, what are these belts going to look like? Have they spent any money on these belts? Are the belts not even belts, but they're NFTs? What are we doing here? <laughs> and it'd be crazy to think that Legion of Pain doesn't win this, because of all the fucking evidence that would point in that direction. But the main event, the uh, World Championship, is no longer Alistair Overeem against Braun Strowman, or... Uh, titan adam sure has his name i think uh now it is alistair overeem against moose so that kind of changes my opinion because i'm like i thought that most likely Strowman was going to win that and i mean the underlying factor here is overeem is in both so i guess their plan is to have alistair overeem be the world champion and honestly if it's overeem that gets people talking regardless so I think Overeem wins. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Moose can probably carry him to a decent enough match. And if he's the guy that was involved in both shows, it seems most likely that he's the one that's more, more likely to be sticking around. Whereas Moose is like an impact wrestler, so... I mean, uh, this is a this is a show that is definitely interesting. So we it's might a show. <laughs> it is a show, uh, or I mean, it might be. We don't know for sure. It might not be down the line. But if you are in that uh, that area and you want to go get some tickets for that, you know, it is still available. If you want to order it and get it on Fight TV, that's still another option too. But I might write up something. I might do something else. I don't really know. Um, I just find this fascinating because this just popped up out of fucking nowhere and it's just been a mess ever since. So it's just like, Hey, wrestling entertainment series. What? 
Why do you have that name? Why is this card? Oh, the card's changed. Oh, the event's changed. Oh, it's happening in a week. Like, haphazard and fucking bonkers. But, uh... I think that was quite interesting, is that I'd searched uh, Kez Evans on, um... on, uh, Google, and the first thing that pops up is Kez Evans Gun. And it's all about a feud that he had with BT Gun in Insane Championship Wrestling throughout, like, 2018 and 2019. So, so essentially, the most famous thing that Kez Evans is known for is a feud with the guy that he's teaming with in this match. <laughs> Makes sense, right? Kez, uh, Kez Evans just reminds me of one of my favorite names that's out there from uh, from pro wrestling history. Pez Watley. Always loved that name. I don't know why that just popped in my mind because of the Kez thing, but Pez Watley, what a name. Um, let's talk about some signings and some contracts uh, and some other things going in that direction. We got four topics to talk about here. Actually, we got two people, poten- well, one person leaving, one person possibly leaving because their contract is ending and then two people signing with WWE. Alan Angels is gone from AEW. Uh, I think that he still was listed on the website if I last time I checked. But he is pretty much gone, and that he was released, he was released today. Oh, okay, so today. So knows when his contract expired. So. so he is another one of those that has been happening this year, where I mean, a lot of contracts have been only a few years, and not everybody resigns. It's just how things go. You know, you look at the way that AEW had kept every single person outside of those like very 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 low contract hey we're just agreeing to put you on every once in a while types like you know ryzen and uh uh that that kind of crew in that area the only person that they had really released that before was jimmy havoc and that was because that was you know behavioral problems and everything but not many other people have been gone from aew over the course of this company's history and this year is when all those contracts are kind of coming up so we lost um well, we lost Cody. <laughs> Obviously, that's a big thing. Jack Evans, Joey Janela, Leo Rush, Marco Stun, Alan El- uh, Angels is the new one. I don't think that there's anyone else that had been confirmed yet, but plenty of other people, I'm sure, that their deal is slightly separate. Jake Atlas, you know, he's not somebody who's going to be returning for different reasons. Um, what do you guys think about the whole Alan Angels thing? You think it's... I mean, we're all in agreement, of course. We don't like anybody to lose their job, so that's something to put well, out there. But he, to be clear, he didn't lose his job. They offered him a smaller contract, a per appearance deal, and he said no. Oh. and I respect that. I thought that he just got cut. I didn't hear anything about. No, um, they but- offered, He did an interview with Sean Rossap, and they offered him a per appearance deal, and he kind of wants to see what else is out there, and respect. Yeah, I guess you back that for sure. I mean, he you know. he wasn't a big big deal in AEW, and they probably figured that's about as much money as we're willing to spend. And he thought, hey, you know, if that's a if that's it, if I didn't build enough, you know, uh, I didn't accrue anything more than that, then I think I'll try to make a bigger name for myself elsewhere. That makes sense. Yeah, I'd say that this is probably the best move for him. It means he gets to enter the independent scene with now some TV credibility behind him. So that means he'll be a bigger deal on the independent circuit. He's only 24 years old, so he's got a lot of room to still grow and develop. He's got those those fun matches, but in particular, the, I guess, 
I know it's already a feud, but the, the two matches that he had with Kenny Omega, where they basically told the story of the, this guy, for some reason, has Kenny Omega's number and is able to put in a better performance against him than other people could manage to do so. But, yeah, he'll go in, he'll get a few more reps. I think that, yeah, this is the best move for him to build up some more experience, be in a more high-profile situation, and then potentially come back to AEW or to Impact or another promotion where he can build his reputation up from there. It's definitely, I don't think it's the end of us hearing about or seeing Alan Angels. It'll just be the start of a new journey for him. And yeah, as I say, credit on him and credit on people like um, Killian King that have done the same thing recently when she was offered a per appearance. Well, I think she was on a pair of appearance deal. And, she, also, uh, she also had a more permanent thing from the yeah. NWA, so she focused her energy there. Yeah. So, yeah, credit to people for deciding to take a chance themselves and then come back, hopefully with a bit more reputation, so they can move, go into the promotion and hit the ground running rather than be essentially what Alan Angels was, which is just a cog in the wheel, someone to appear regularly on Dark, and if he does come up to TV, it's just to lose a match, usually. Mm-hmm. I think the bigger story out of this is the gradual disintegration of the dark order yeah that's what i want yeah. to about. yeah i mean they are losing people left and right you know we haven't gotten any kind of confirmation that cole cabana is gone but he has not appeared in months so that's not really great as far as i'm aware he's not injured i think he's just not there right um he might be a small injury or something. You think that it might be the CM Punk thing? So I don't. I, I'm not going to speculate on that. So I don't know. I'm guessing he will be doing a lot for Ring of Honor, though. Yeah, so, I, I, I can't say for certain one way or another. It doesn't really give too much. There's not. There's not really a huge amount of information out there about what he's doing outside of. Like, I haven't seen him potentially appearing on any other wrestling shows. Maybe he has. I just uh, haven't been following closely. I saw him on the Terminator. He did a Terminus deal. He was a commentator for one of them. But I imagine he's going to do more for ROH. Hmm. I just saw one of his tweets today. says that they're doing a uh, Twitch Rivals event on Fall Guys. And he's on cap- he's a captaining team at AEW, which is... Himself, Evil Uno, Brandon Cutler, and Fuego Del Sol in a full guys tournament. Hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess maybe he's just being repositioned elsewhere. And now we're at a point where Anna Jay isn't really a part of Dark Order anymore. anymore. So I would even potentially move her. I might have to take her off that list. Maybe, I mean, I guess officially she hasn't been taken off. They just aren't doing anything with her. Um, but they've got Reynolds and Silver are still there. Cole Cabana is just MIA. Evil Uno, the de facto leader who sticks around, uh, is still there. And he had tweeted out recently, like, Dark Order is not dead or whatever. But I mean, which I, so I think the best thing for them to do is to just go away quietly. The Dark mean, Order. Like, the disband the, the, the faction? The, the, or? Angle, the angle. They should just quietly go away and have all the guys do their own thing because the faction since December of 2020 has been very sentimental 
faction as is, and there's no real ties to one another outside of, hey, we all went through this traumatic thing, and we're coming together for that, but maybe they go away for a while so that, you know, make your name somewhere else, do something else, and then you can come together one day and be the Dark Order again. I wouldn't be opposed to them just having some kind of segment on like BT or whatever, where they say, Hey, look, uh, Uno and Preston Vance are going to continue to team together because they're the two masked guys and Silver and Reynolds will team together in whatever tag team name that they want to call themselves. Anna J hasn't been around in a while. Colcabana has been around in a while and Hey, maybe negative one will show up once in a while, or at the very least, you know, the kid can still hang out backstage and that has no factor whatsoever. And they just kind of dark order is not dark order, but will always be dark order. And hey, if you need anybody to, you know, have your back, I got your back. That's a good enough way to do it. So we're not going to get dark order in a blood and guts match. It's not happening. At least you shouldn't. <laughs> I should put it that way. At this point, no. No. Um, yeah, I mean, Alan Angel's gone from AEW, and I'm assuming we're going to get more. Um, just because that you know more contracts are going to expire here and there but do we have any kind of indication of the next uh people santana. who might santana so santana is potentially the next one whose contract is up um i don't know when exactly the contract's up but at least the rumor mill is going that he isn't interested in resigning and he's also not interested in staying well presumably not soon not super interested in staying in the tag team with ortiz not saying that as a mean just trying to uh, conjure up some bad, some imaginary bad blood between them. But he's been doing a lot more single stuff recently. I don't think he's had a straight up like two on two tag match with Ortiz since February. Mm-hmm. That is what I read. And then it was like uh, September or something before that, maybe. I read yeah. some kind of statistic about it. I forget exactly, but yeah, I mean uh, that's well, not a good well, sign of proud and powerful sticking together or winning those tag titles that we all thought that they were pretty much guaranteed to win at some point. AEW. Well, as we'll discuss when we get on to the TV talk, he might not be doing anything for us uh, quite a while anyway. That's true. Um, Rob, do you have any kind of... Uh, is there like a list or anything that you have for consultation about like contracts on AEW like we do for WWE? Uh, yeah, let me, let me pull that up. Because we know that plenty of people, of course, like you would assume, hey, uh, your, these recent signings aren't going to expire anytime soon. And somebody like, you know, an Adam Page is going to stick around or whatever. But there are still plenty of other names that could be on the chopping block. You know, Just I mean, to be clear, I, I think it would be ridiculous if they were to let go of Santana. Um, we do have an AEW contract resource, Santana and Ortiz are not listed by we, I mean, Fightful.com. Um, so they are not listed. In fact, there's only a handful of names, and they're kind of the ones that really signed early on with the company. Hmm. I'm just curious about a name like like a Matt Seidel or like a... Uh, yeah, maybe even like a Frankie Kazarian or something. I would assume he would stick around, but yeah. I mean... I guess we'll just uh, in the future if we get well, another day one. So I imagine that at this point it's rolled over and he's probably done some kind of resigning. Yeah. Um, 
He, uh, Alan Angels, I should say, is gone from AEW, though. Somebody who might be leaving WWE soon, but we don't know for sure because her contract is expiring soon, is Io Shirai. Now, she has been on the shelf with an injury, and that is an explanation of her absence from NXT, but we've talked about this plenty of times in the past. I mean, she, there's nothing for her to do in NXT, so either they bring her up to the main roster when she's healthy, or she fucking leaves. That's it. I don't see any point in her sticking around in NXT anymore. And I, if I were in her shoes, I would think the same. I'd think, hey, you know what? Why am I going to resign if you're going to keep me in NXT? I'd have that in my contract of like, no, I'm going up to Raw and SmackDown. Or you are not seeing me here anymore. So the report that I saw this on suggests that she wants to move back to Japan. Can't blame her. To... Uh, to uh, be close to her family and yeah that would be akin to the route that Kairi Sane took as well to uh and uh, I guess with uh EO's contract actually expiring it means that she could have expire go back to Japan and then be appearing on stardom or yeah I presume she'll go back to stardom if she was going to back to Japan and be a big name there again could maybe team back up with uh, Kari Hojo or just you know just be part of there she would immediately uh, go up to probably one of the top stars in that promotion so yeah I think that's a good move well I'd say it's a good move for her she has done everything that she can do in NXT and if there doesn't seem to be a significant incentive to move her up to Rawards back down and presumably even if she did she wouldn't be treated as a main event talent just based on prior experience with some recent NXT call-ups, I think that the safest bet is that she probably will leave, go back to Japan, and you'll have to watch Stardom to continue to follow her wrestling career. And you never know if she has some kind of deal with, you know, guest appearances on AEW could happen in the future too. If she is signed to Stardom, that means she's under Bushi Road, and if they do end up doing that uh, Stardom slash... uh, AEW show, then that is definitely a name that we could see pop up. Shame we couldn't have gotten that at Forbidden Door, right? Thunder Rose against Io Shirai? That would have been cool. I'm pretty sure... Been, uh, I been think great. It, yeah, I think at least this speculation is to believe they are intending to do a devoted stardom and AEW show rather than a as, as like a follow-up for the New Japan AEW show. So, and that would be a primarily... Like women women focused events so if they do do something like that or they do a AEW slash new japan slash stardom show down the road then then yeah having either io shirai or kari hojo or any of the other great talented wrestlers they have are in stardom that'd be great do you uh guys have anybody in mind that you would like to see her feud with or whatever i don't follow stardom um I, I, I say I don't follow it closely enough to suggest who her major opponents would end up being. Again, it's a little bit... Uh, I, I'll just spare a few names that I could potentially see. But um, who in particular? I'm trying to think of who's the top stars in stardom right now. Hmm. Who, who's the who's their current world champion? Uh, I don't... Unfortunately, I don't follow stardom. I always so, get told yeah. that I, I so the world of so the World of Stardom champion at the moment is Siori. And from all I've heard, she's very talented. Um, 
you got um have they still got uh Mama Watanabe. She's she's very good from the bits and pieces that I've seen of her, so that'd be a good match. I, I, honest, uh Mayu Watani's still there and Mayu Watani is I'd say one of the just from a technical standpoint, one of the best wrestlers in the world. I'm pretty sure she fought for uh, Io Shirai multiple times prior to Shirai joining NXT in the first place. So all I know is that she suits that system very well because she brought a lot of that influence into her matches in NXT. So I think that it won't be too much of a, a difficult transition for her to get back into that style of wrestling. Hmm. Well, if you is she, is she the greatest NXT Women's Champion of all time? No, no. China <laughs> <laughs> Baszler is China Baszler or Asuka? I think Asuka. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd go. I'd go China, but it's it's definitely not here. Yeah. All right, let me flip that because I'd probably go Asuka as well. But is she the last great NXT Women's Champion? Uh, I guess uh, it depends on hmm. whether you well, like the Mandy Rose reign or not. That question stands, Kel. I mean, I don't. <laughs> so, I, I mean, yeah, I, Raquel's reign was pretty underwhelming. Because Raquel had the transitional reign, and I feel like EO was the last... Like, okay, there's still NXT. Yeah. And EO did was still black and gold NXT, and that's just what I like. Hmm. Well, we got a new signing to WWE's women's division in an MMA fighter, Valerie Lareda. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right or not, but she is the person who had been a little bit of a, like a photo shoot or whatever with Nikita Lyons, who might win that NXT champion women's championship soon. And, um, I know nothing about her cause she's an MMA fighter, but Hey, if, uh, if she's got the talent or whatever, then cool. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen anything of her, I guess from a athletic standpoint, because I don't watch MMA in general, and I think she was even—I don't know if she was. She never did anything for USC, did she? She was Bellator, right? No, she Bellator. Yeah. So yeah, I haven't seen enough of her, but apparently she's a, a big deal in, in at least in that sphere, sphere of influence. Like it, it, they're they're signing people that have a following outside of pro wrestling and it's not exactly like a an unwise decision to go with people like that as we'll talk about the potentially more major signing they made in a, little, in a little bit but who knows like she's got an athletic background so she could transition well into pro wrestling yeah, yeah. if anybody knows anything more about her let us know if you got like uh you know she's she's an awesome MMA fighter or like she's got a lot of personality or something. Cause I don't know about that either. I'm not going to start Here's following. Deal, Instagram not, if you notice, they're not having her skip the performance center. So I think that says a lot about what she's bringing to the table because with some people, i.e. the next person we'll talk about, they just skip the performance center. And I think with Loretta, they definitely want to be, more cautious and let's see how it goes yeah i'd asked this question a few weeks back on twitter or whatever it was but they announced their second next in line class and between them and the first one has a single person actually signed with wwe 
Or is it just, hey, here's a group of people we're interested in, and fucking, well, that's the end of them. It's kind of like that, because they don't necessarily have to sign in. You know, like, they can just be, hey, we were in the Next in Line program, and WWE taught us about marketing. And then if my career fails at what I actually want to do, I can just call them up and say, hey, Remember I was in your next in line program? That's kind of what this is. Sounds so fucking pointless to me. Uh, just to get people talking about, oh, look at that. They, they had a volleyball star who's interested in this other football guy. Okay, whatever. But at least with an MMA fighter, you know that she has some kind of name value to her. And I can't wait until they rename her. Because <laughs> they'll be like, hey, you are MMA fighter Valerie Lareda. So that means you are... Um, Samantha Jones or something. <laughs> well, the other signing, the big story that we'll talk about before we get into the, just rounding things out with some TV talk about blood and guts and all that. And uh, our thumbnail, of course. Let's talk about a guy who they are not going to change the name of because they would be absolutely fucking stupid if they did that. The WWE has signed Logan Paul to a contract. Like an actual contract, not just say hey, he decided that he's going to do a WrestleMania match. I don't know what the contract says. Of course, we're not going to know that information, but I assume it's at least multiple matches over the course of a few years. Probably something close to a three to five year contract, I would assume. And that means that he is doing something at SummerSlam. Uh, you know, The Miz had talked about oh, the idea of teaming with him, but... He seems to be calling out The Miz, and it makes much more sense for him to have a match against The Miz. Uh, How are you guys feeling about this? (laughs) Yes, he'll be fighting The Miz at SummerSlam, first of all. And this great... Look, Logan Paul... I want to be clear here. Logan Paul is a... shitty. I don't say shitty human being, I don't know. But he's made some questionable choices in his life. However, we all know that that has no bearing in WWE. And I just want to, like, cut that talking point off right now because that seems to be the one that people keep going back to. Aside from that, I watched him at Mania, and he looked good. He looked invested. These Paul kids are big at whatever they do, and this is a good signing for WWE. Yeah, looking Paul. We lost you, Callum. <laughs> just kind of cut out in the middle of nothing there. I think I, I think I uh, just double clicked my. Uh, oh, did my you put? <laughs> yeah, but uh, so yeah, Logan Paul, big deal. I think that he, yeah, he has a wider following, especially among a younger audience, which is something that WWE is desperately trying to tap into. And so, having somebody with so much social media influence and such a prominent YouTube and Twitch and these sort Everything of things. Everything he does, presence. yeah. Yeah, that means that that's going to get eyeballs onto his matches. That's going to get new eyeballs onto WWE product in general. So, yeah, this is, from a business standpoint, this is a no-brainer signing if they have the opportunity to do so. Of course, we don't know how permanent the signing will be in terms of how many matches it's going to have. I assume he's not going on the road. He's probably got a lot of other things to do outside of that. But, yeah, I could definitely see him 
definitely wrestle SummerSlam, definitely wrestle The Miz. Um, I could definitely see him be a champion. He will be champion at some point. I think he'll be Intercontinental Champion at some point. Or maybe U.S. Champion, because I don't know, for some reason, that belt seems like it's more fit for people like Logan Paul. But I think that he'll be in the Royal Rumble. He'll no, be, he definitely should be in the Royal Rumble. He'll be doing the Saudi shows, probably. Definitely should be appearing at Crown Jewel. Like, I, someone asked me about this, and I said, look, they can't get Goldberg anymore. But they got Logan Paul. Like th- this is going to be one of those signings where it's like he is here to bring new eyes to the product, and this one might actually work. You know, I there's something about seeing Hunter and Stephanie signing Logan Paul and taking that picture of them that I'm like, yeah, this looks like a forward-thinking WWE in the sense of this is all new age stuff. It's good that Triple H and Stephanie were there, too. It's always, you know, a little bit uh, comforting to know that they might actually take the keys to the kingdom in the future, like we were talking about in these years. But it does also point towards the growing separation on the approaches of, say, an AEW and WWE. WWE is going after the star names. The Don't go wrong. Logan Paul is very athletic, and so he, and he's a showman, and he can definitely fit into this sports entertainment rhetoric in the same way that I feel that, um, from what I've seen, the Raider might be able to as well. Whereas AEW can then focus on the guys that work the independent circuit, the wrestler wrestlers, those type of people. I don't. I see this is another signal of how markedly changed uh, WWE's approach is from what was happening in NXT, mm-hmm. basically trying to uh, raid the independent circuit for their best talent and build them up from there and transition them into quote-unquote sports entertainers to now signing people who are who have a name for themselves outside of things, whether they're celebrities, af- uh, pro-athletes, like people, people of that nature. That is the WWE model, whereas AEW is going after the, the indies, the going after those sides. So I guess at least in the benefit of that is that there's going to be a growing market difference in presentation between the two sides now, probably even bigger than it is right now. And I'm all right with that. Like, I think everyone thrives best when they're all doing their own thing. And I think for a while it was like, WWE is doing this and everything else comes across like WWE light. So I think this could be a good thing. My issue with it, though, is I get the sense that this is once again WWE doing what they've done in the past. And admittedly, I mean, you can't fault them for saying, hey, it's not like it didn't work. But WWE's biggest points were when they had one big media person, Hulk Hogan, uh, Steve Austin and John Cena. And it very much seems like they just kind of, they want to put all their eggs in the one basket with, you know, Roman Reigns and whatever. He is the guy, et cetera, et cetera, even if he doesn't, you know, show up as much lately and, and all that. But that they also want a quick fix all the time. It's always, what can we do that can just distract and then you can not actually fix the problem? 
or what can we do that this will solve it all like with a finger snap and then we don't have to actually put in the work and it seems to me like the logan paul thing is their latest attempt to be like oh logan paul get the uh the kids back and then that's it like that's it that's all they have to do which uh hey the last person that was the big signing that was supposed to make a big difference was gable fucking steveson what's he done that's different <laughs> That's you mean completely different signing? You mean in the sense that Logan Paul's actually wrestled more than once and has done a good job, and Gable Stevenson just looks like he doesn't belong, and doesn't well, exist. Yes, but also, Gable Stevenson still focused on the college wrestling thing for some reason, and that I guy's fucking Logan- making out. He's making money on WWE to do nothing and just go. Yeah, I actually don't want to be a part of this company. I don't fucking understand That's the Gable Stevenson thing. He's he's the textbook example of that. It's we want this guy, and then he goes, yeah, but, and then they go, here's a bunch of money that we could have given to f- like fourteen other people or whatever. I don't dislike the Logan Paul signing, right now at least, as much as I've disliked the Gable Stevenson stuff, because I just feel like that's a complete waste. Where it's Logan Paul, I don't follow his stuff, and I'll say this with like the the yada problematics that go along with this kind of thing. I, uh, let me dance around this. I think that everybody has every right to think that he has done some shitty things. And I agree. And I also think that we are living in a world where people don't want to give anybody a second chance anymore. That's another whole discussion, but he seems like he fits better. And despite the fact that WWE is going to have to take a little bit of you know, a shot on the chin of being like, you're fucking signing Logan Paul and you're putting yourself in an association with that guy even more. And that's going to hurt your reputation. It's also going to help it because we can't deny the fact that he is a popular person and they've had plenty problematic people in the past that are popular that people just completely ignore if they want to look at Mike Tyson <laughs> that's the one i was gonna go with too and then there's the obvious he's no fucking five. dalai lama <laughs> you know, like uh it, it's uh it, it could work out pretty well and i guess the main question i have coming out of this is after we go with the miz stuff what are you guys interested in seeing logan paul do i mean if you'd awesome say you really theory. want him awesome theory one makes sense yeah like, I want to see him working with a lot of the, you know, younger people. Because honestly, him against Sheamus, what are you going to do? You know, there's some people that this can really work with. And Theory is one of them. Miz is one of them. Um, eventually, Corbin, because everybody gets around to Corbin. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, going to happen for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, my biggest question in response to all of those is, why are you naming heels? He's supposed to be a babyface, is what they're right going for. But he's, but he's not. not going to be. That's the thing, is because yeah. I don't he know how they think that that's going to work. You know, listen, Miz is definitely not one of the most popular guys, but the crowd will cheer him a million times over Logan Paul. I based that entirely on the fact that they're pitching him as a heel going into SummerSlam. I mean, as a babyface going into SummerSlam. Yeah. Yeah, but he won't be treated as a babyface. He's going to be a heel that, uh, a baby face that gets booed. 
and then they're going to have to reposition him elsewhere for sure. I think he might work well against Ricochet. Ah, I didn't think about Ricochet, actually. But if we're going baby faces, I want to see him with the New Day, with Woods. You know, they've got they got that whole thing. They can get Logan Paul and G4, shoot an angle there. So I think Woods would be a good one. I'll tell you a segment that I can see happening in the future that's going to be very cringeworthy is him uh, in some celebratory thing or whatever with the Street Profits where they're trying to act like he's a baby face. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what else is going to be cringy is when they, if and when they eventually get around signing Jake Paul to a contract as well. And then we have the Paul brothers. The, tag uh, team champions? Yeah, tag team champions. I mean, to be fair, like, Logan Paul's got a, a cavalcade of athletic YouTube personalities that he's friends with or in partnerships with that he could probably bring in as a tag team at some point. Though. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Logan Paul has not done any boxing, right? It's just Jake. Yes, he ha- no, Logan. No, Logan. L- Logan did yeah. boxing before Jake did. Oh, okay. I, this is how little I follow the actual yeah. specifics of their careers. So, so, so I, I again, I, I don't want to say like I follow this in great detail, but I, I followed it in, more than I did. At the very least, yeah. So his biggest boxing matches were against a, a, a British YouTuber called KSI Legitimate. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. And they had two boxing matches, one in the UK, one in the US. Uh, KSI won the uh, second one after the first one went to a draw. Uh, him and KSI are also in a partnership over... Uh, I was saying, uh, sports drink? Yeah, sports drink called Prime. So, and KSI does still... Well, he's he's going to be doing another boxing match soon. As far as I know, he is a WWE fan as well. I could definitely see a scenario yes. where if they want to try and... Uh, I guess pick up the audience in the UK because at least by what Tony Khan says, like AEW is the biggest wrestling promotion in the UK, and it's hard to disagree considering the WWE is on BT Sport and the BT Sport viewership is absolutely atrocious. Whereas AEW is on ITV or ITV4 at the very least, which is available to pretty much everybody that's got a TV set in the UK. That means that if they want to try and uh, rejuvenate the UK audience alongside this Clash of the Castle thing, I mean, especially for Clash of the Castle, if they could get Logan Paul and KSI in a tag team match or something like that, then that would do huge numbers. Or they could have KSI perform, because KSI is also a a chiming rapper in the UK as well. So so Mm. I, I could see some element of collaboration there as well. And basically... WWE is going to sign all your YouTubers and and, and your TikTokers <laughs> and just and your Spotify playlist people and basically, but essentially that's what Bad Bunny was as well. Like tip the hottest guy on the Spotify playlist and then all the people that you know actually wrestle or put their bodies on the line, uh, set six seven days a week, like once twice a night or whatever. They're the ones that are just going to be ah uh, just padding it around so. You can spend tons and tons more money on getting, I don't know, Ariana, Ariana Grande to perform at the next WrestleMania or something. <laughs> yeah, future women's champion, uh, Charlie D'Amelia, is that her name? Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, you know, we're signing to WWE, Philip DeFranco. <laughs> you know, women's championship match, Charlie D'Amelia against Pokemon. <laughs> So some of the people that I am assuming that we'll see down, I mean, they could be at practically anybody. We could have Logan Paul against uh, fucking uh, Reggie for all we know. 
but like I could see it in- being interesting uh, feud with Matt Riddle. Yeah. I imagine Seth Rollins is most likely going to do something with Logan Paul and he's going to hold down the fort. I hope it's not anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> uh, I assume that we're going to get a match down the line just for the like the fucking whatever of it with AJ Styles. Just because that seems like, hey, what else are they going to do with AJ? Um, I don't expect what some people are saying. People are like, oh, is Logan Paul going to be the guy that beats Roman Reigns? That'll be fucking insane if that's what this all builds up to. Actually, I could totally see Logan Paul holding the Money in the Bank briefcase one day. Not saying it's tomorrow. Well, that's another question. Because <laughs> we are still missing somebody. And they didn't announce anything on SmackDown. At least not yet. I mean, it's uh, 4.30, but so far they haven't said that they're going to have a Money in the Bank qualifier, and we know in the past with WWE, that can mean any fucking thing. That can mean that they've got a surprise, that can mean that they have absolutely no fucking idea what they want to do, and that can mean that they can do both at the same time, and also that they'll wait until the bump, or they'll wait until the pre-show at the kickoff and announce something, or the show itself, or they'll not have that person... We have no idea, but there is a chance they do something with The Miz and Logan Paul, and he could potentially be in that Money in the Bank match. If he's in that, he shoots. I'd be like, yeah, I can see Logan Paul winning today. You know? But with there being one champion, I can't see Logan Paul getting it right now. I don't think it's going to happen. But crazier things have happened. (laughs) But like, don't get me wrong. If there was a separate WWE champion, I'd be like, this makes a lot of sense. And I'll get a lot of press for putting Logan Paul in the Money in the Bank ladder match and having him win it. But it's that Roman factor right now really throws throws things out of whack. Which is crazy, because I don't think I would have said this about Roman a year and a half ago. You know? But everything's changed so much with him that he's in that Lesnar spot now where only a few people can even touch him. I guess uh, I guess we're going to find out tomorrow if there's any Logan Paul plans for that. But I'm assuming he just has some kind of thing on Monday Night Raw or whatever. Um, I don't think he's going to be money in the bank. But as far as predictions go, just in case anybody wants to know, uh, we don't have any other adjustments to the Money in the Bank card, so we can't update you on that. But have you guys changed your opinions about anything? Do you think we got any adjustments? That, uh, you know, now that I think the last person's going to be this, or, or this person's going to win instead, or anything? No, I don't think so. Yeah, nothing's compelled me to change one way or the other right now. I'm still thinking that we're going to get Kevin Owens appearing at money in the bank and that they're going to announce that he's going to be in there in some fashion or that they're just going to go, Hey, you know what? Uh, actually we decided we're going to have a, you know, a match on the card. That's going to be for a spot or whatever. I don't think that they're going to actually even do anything on SmackDown. I think I'm going to leave SmackDown tonight going, fuck, I still can't do that. Call the spot on the card list. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's backtrack and talk about some other TV things that we do know that already happened and round out our hot tags here uh money in the bank qualifying matches and all that stuff we already talked about that before so that's a lot of what happened on like monday night raw and all that but 
Um, I'm not looking at anything on Monday Night Raw that feels like it's uh, necessary to talk about. John Cena appeared, but he didn't do anything. Took a selfie with Theory. That's it. He didn't take a selfie with Theory. I mean, uh, they had the whole selfie segment thing, yeah, but he didn't take it. That's right. And, I mean, anything else? Well, I thought it was interesting that they found a way to get him into every segment, and it was just like so clear that John Cena is so above everybody else now that everybody has to line the ramp to celebrate that he's walking down to the ramp. Uh, yeah, I don't, I'm not seeing anything else. I mean, we're starting a few between Judgment Day and the Mysterios. That fucking... Jimmy Smith had no whatever. idea who Zia was, which was sad. What did he say? He was just like, it's this one and that one and uh, the... the like I think uh, Graves had to say it for him. It's just unfortunate because like she should have been something. Uh, let's talk about NXT. Actually, let's talk about uh, predictions. We got Great American Bash coming up. Uh, Breaker will win. I think uh, Grayson Waller will win. Huh. I don't think that we're getting smaller as winning that match. I I'm assuming that they did I thought that, but I mean, they did the whole like it goes from Hayes to Grimes to Hayes, and I'm like, if they switch it again, then yeah. Well, when I say when I say move up, I mean be the one to face Breaker next. I think they're. Um... I think they're positioning Solo Sokoa to take on Bron Breaker next. Mm. Just based on some of the stuff that I think, uh, again, don't watch it clearly, so maybe I'm just overthinking it, but it seems like they're trying to put him out there as like he's like the family aspect of it, and they've both got like a family legacy. So I think that might be, I'm not saying that Solo will be the one to beat him for it, but I think they might want to do that before moving solo up to the main roster. You don't think that they're just going to go with Apollo Crews? I think they're going to they're gonna slow build Apollo Crews through some other things as well. I mean, he's already going to be fighting... Who's he fighting next week? Zion Quinn? Yeah, Quinn. Yeah, so he's basically going through NXT's undercard at the moment, so it probably won't be... A, it'll probably be a couple of months before he's fighting for the world title. Um, mm, that could be even their plan. Could be that uh, Apollo Crews is the guy that could, is going to be Prom Breaker. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much. Well, that's the, kind of the track record, isn't it? You just bring a guy up, guy down from the main roster. He's almost inevitably going to win one of the world titles at some point. Um, but yeah, I think Breaker retains. Hold that thought, because it's four. This was posted at four thirty-six. It's four forty-one. Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful Select reported that there have been serious discussions about bringing Solo Sokoa to the main roster. Oh, there you go. Hmm. So, uh, just, we'll just skip right past NXT. It's a third flying Uso. <laughs> but, yeah, so that might, that, okay, that might not happen then. Or maybe that would be the reason why he does fight Bron Breaker, so he can lose and then move up to the main roster, and that just is another, another good win for Bron Breaker. But, yeah, as I said, Bron Breaker retains. I think Kamala Hayes retains. 
I think uh, we're getting new tag team champions for the women. For the women, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade against uh, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. For anybody who doesn't know the card, I, uh, I I don't know why they're doing this thing where whoever wins this breakout tournament, they just say also a different thing, and then they completely go around that. I don't know why they needed to do a number one contenders match when she already won the tournament. Well, well, that's the um, that's the thing. So again, maybe I mis- saw it when I was just like flicking through the NXT show. But apparently, she's not cashed in her breakout tournament win to go after the tag team championships. Right. She's, she's basically <laughs> said she wanted to, and then they gave her a number one contenderous match. So that's lingering out there. Yeah. That's so, good. She's, so that means she still can challenge for the NXT women's title. Presumably, because she won the breakout tournament. But she's also going to potentially win the tag team titles. That's what adds a, a little bit of element of doubt to me whether she does win the tag titles because you could have Mandy screw her over and then she beats Mandy to become the NXT Women's Champion instead. I know, obviously, it seems like the Nikita Lance thing is pr- very much on. But maybe it's just a stopgap thing. You give Roxy the title for a couple of months and then Nikita Lance beats her for it. I could see a scenario, and maybe this is just kind of my wishful thinking about not complicating things a little bit too much I mean, of course i never would have done this whole thing of like oh you know she doesn't do this anyway and then it's we're gonna bounce back around and all that but i think that i'll put it this way if you were to say to me hey you're on wwe creative right now you can't undo what we've already done what are you going to do going forward i would go okay uh great american bash switch the tag team titles and then on the following episode of nxt we can have Roxanne say, I never even used my breakout uh, cash in. So I'm on a roll and I think that I should take all of the titles from Toxic Attraction. So I'm going to challenge Mandy Rose and she loses that match. And then that way we've got an extra week that we can fill in for the whole, you know, okay, well, stretch things out as long as fucking possible. Cause you know that you would, if I'm on WWE creative, they're not going to listen to me saying that that's not the right course of action. And then you could do the Nikita Lions thing, but at the meantime, Core Jade and Roxanne Perez are the tag team champions. I think that's a better way of going. They did kind of like, they hinted that like Indy would be going back against it, but then Keanu James beat her. So I think that Indy's out of the picture now for Mandy Rose. Um, as far as the men's tag team titles go, pretty deadly are out of that picture because they are, <laughs> this is how things work in WWE. NXT UK tag team champions, pretty deadly went over to NXT and they won the tag team titles from the team that should have won it because the other team split up because the one guy had the picture that was bad. And that guy's now fighting trick Williams, but that's a different thing. And then instead, now the Creed brothers are not feuding with the Pretty Deadly anymore that they beat for the titles because Pretty Deadly's fighting for the NXT UK titles in the future against Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen from NXT. <laughs> We're all playing together. It's a, uh, you ever see like one little kid's play and it's like, oh, look, I got a couple wrestling figures and a couple, you know, Batman figures and we'll just pretend, you know, that's what we're doing here. But uh, the Creed brothers are actually going to fight uh, the other members of the Diamond Mine, Roderick Strong and Damon Kemp, for the tag titles. And that's pretty interesting. I'm interested to see that. One step closer. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what it is. I, I, I'm I, hoping that it's the end of Roderick Strong at NXT. I hope he just goes to AEW. But 
I do have to kind of put it this way: is that what has uh, what have Roderick Strong and Damon Kent done to deserve a shot at the tag titles? Exist. They fist bumped. <laughs> so yeah, well, I guess that's that's enough. So that's fine. <laughs> I think that yeah, obviously the Creek Grubbers will win that match and. That means that, yeah, we're one step closer to Dome Mind just all stepping over Roderick Strong and, you know, that'll be the transition over. But I think that that's, yeah, that's pretty clear. Obviously, pretty deadly going off for the NXT tag title, NXT UK tag titles because they've had to switch them over to an emergency team. Yeah, that oh. match isn't on the card for anybody who's wondering. It's not Pretty Deadly yeah, versus yeah, yeah. Briggs and Brooks. Um, yeah, but it, it will happen in the future. Yeah. Can we talk about how bad that Kiana James-Indy Hartwell match was? Was it really bad? I didn't actually pay any attention to it. You got me. I didn't see it. Um, well, I haven't watched it all the way through. I only saw the highlights on YouTube, but even the highlights look pretty bad. Hmm. I, I think it was mainly on the Kiana's side of things because she's far less experienced, but... Indy's not in a position at the moment to be carrying a green person in a into a good match. But then again, that's pretty much like half of the NXT women's roster right now. Uh, Alba Fire is injured. She's yeah. on the shelf. Uh, Lash Legend, they're using that as an excuse. Troy Donovan's dead. <laughs> they killed yeah, they off his character. Killed yeah, they actually killed him. Well, I mean, yeah, technically, so technically speaking, he tweeted out, "Jokes on you! I'm a good swimmer." And then <laughs> he thought. immediately deleted it. I guess because he remembered. Oh yeah, they told me not to fuck around, and I might come back in a year. <laughs> yeah. but I thought it was funny because they, uh, you know, they could have done this in any other kind of way. And even though it makes no sense on the storylines that they were telling, they had Tony D'Angelo and Stax on the side of a bridge, and. D'Angelo's like, oh, you know, uh, I give you the world and you make a play for my throne. Well, now you're sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> like, okay, cool. You know, it's something. I might have pitched it too. And then he got a prank phone call from somebody going like, yeah, you didn't win the North American title. Duh. Which is obviously Santos Escobar fucking with him. And I don't know why they're going in that direction, but I guess he's just a fucking crank caller now. <laughs> But it's it's it was just funny because like he calls him up seemingly like he knew the exact moment that Tony Angelo had, had said what he was about to say. So he picks that exact moment to call him. Yeah, and uh, mock him about it, and then Tony D'Angelo throws his own phone off of a bridge. Mm-hmm. That'll teach him. That's not smart. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Uh... The the amount of things that happen in NXT that I just go, oh, God, this is so stupid. And then some other things every once in a while, I go, no, oh, this is so stupid, but uh, I'm here for it. Um, Wesley against uh, Trick Williams. Wesley wins. <laughs> oh, you'd assume so. Yeah. Good. Very least. I, 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 don't, I don't think it's obvious one way or the other, but he seems to be the one that has the story at the moment. And we've got uh, Wendy Chu against Tiffany Stratton. So uh, I'm thinking Stratton wins. Way. Yeah, it could go either way, but I'd say Stratton is the more likely one. Yeah, I would say Stratton. All right, so that's Great American Bash talk. Let's go into AEW Dynamite and uh, talk about that Blood and Guts match and everything else. We had a couple other things that happened throughout the night, mostly 
uh, at least from my perspective, the thing mostly to talk about outside of Blood and Guts is the fact that Luchasaurus definitely is a heel now. He is wearing a fully black dinosaur outfit. He beat the shit out of Serpentigo. He's with Christian. They haven't really justified why yet, but it's a different direction. I'm okay with it. I'm hoping it's a swerve just because they didn't justify why. And I always like a, a good why. Well, I think I know what the why is. And it might not be the why that people will get on board with, but the why is that Luchasaurus is stupid. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> oh my god, I would love that because he's a dinosaur and he's a moron. Well, that's that's the point. It's like even though, again, he he j- likes to joke on Twitter about his uh, master's degree and stuff like that about <laughs> he's a dinosaur with master's degree. But in in AEW canon, all he does during promo segments when it was just the trio of them was roar at the end of it, just snarl and roar. So essentially, he isn't he's a dinosaur. So he doesn't have. He's easily manipulated by a guy who is as smart and wily as Christian. Like Christian's obviously told him stuff about maybe stuff that Jungle Boy said about him, or essentially something to that effect. And Luchasaurus has bought it, and he's now evil Luchasaurus. He is now the new Tomko. Yeah. <laughs> and, the new Tomko. He's the Tomkosaurus. Yeah, the, the new and improved Tomko. And I, I thought he looked great. He looks really cool with these this new dark attire that he has with him like dark luchasaurus um i think uh sean in uh, the fight for way w review uh, referred to him as a uh, lucha oscura <laughs> something or oscurasaurus yeah. but um yeah i think uh yeah i think this is a good direction because now jungle boy has to beat potentially beat up his former tag team partner in order to get to christian and Christian continues to wish death upon uh, Jungle Boy's entire family. Apart from his mum, of course. And of course, like, I, I understand when people say that, oh, that's that's a bit much, but I'm sure they cleared it with people, so yeah, oh, yeah good. But I, I'm sure, Yeah, I'm sure both they cleared it for it, and also it's gotten to the point of absurdity now because essentially he's... The, with the Luke Perry one, I can see why some people saw that in bad taste, but now he's basically just like, no, I want all your family dead. It's like, okay, now you're just being like this really corny super villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've gone past that uh, thing and circled back around to it being okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested to see Luchasaurus going up against some other fresh opponents now that he's healed too. That'll be fun. And uh, we had some other matches here and there, you know, FTR and Dan Housen against Caster and the Gun Club, which led to a little bit of a breakup of sorts with the Gun Club and Billy Gunn, you know, not really getting along. Um, I, like, I like the story is that Billy Gunn prefers uh, the acclaim to his own kids. I don't blame him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had a uh, Cargill beats uh, Layla Gray and then. I thought for a moment there that they were going to say Layla Gray was the newest member of the baddies because it was like, you know, even she is like, uh, got the guts to be able to come up here and do something. And then they, well, like that's just, where they were trying to go. And then they were, and then yeah. Jade was like, no, no, no. So, like, so I thought this, this segment confused a lot of people. I thought it was, maybe I'm reading too much into it because it wasn't explicitly explained one by the other, but Essentially, um, Hathaway told a story, or told the promo afterwards, about how they put out an open challenge, and... Uh, Leather Grey uh, was the only one that 
yeah, uh, sign up for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I would have thought it would be, it'd be a better story or they could have helped explain this more clearly is if they put the, apparently they put the tweet out. He put the tweet out about the open challenge at about like 1150 at night, the, the night before the show. And then it would have been cool if he then tweeted like five minutes later saying position has been filled. And then he could start talking about how everyone else is lazy when he could have just already have had Layla Gray lined up and just put out the fact that he's got an open challenge, even though he had no intention of actually mm-hmm. opening up a challenge. And then you you see a little bit of a, a cutaway on the show of him whispering in Layla Gray's ear. And my interpretation of that was that he tried to say, okay, you lost this match, but if you go and help beat up Athena and Statlander, that might impress Jade enough that you're part of the baddies. Take these slot of the baddies that Red Velvet has left. Oh yeah, well, that's what happened. Yeah, yeah, that's the story I think I was telling. And then Jade just went up to, but saw that and they said, "Haha, we've kind of just used you. We have no intention of you joining the baddies. We just helped you. We just manipulated you to beat up these two other people." And this is good because if that's the approach they are taking. It means that Layla Gray will then have matches with either Athena or Chris Statlander or both. And that can help build up towards the eventual match that Jade is going to have with one or both of them. So right. if that's the direction I take, then good. It's it's clever storytelling. Yeah, and it's, quite frankly, it's a story, you know? And people want them to do more with women. This is part of the step. Yeah. So, uh... I guess let's talk about it. Blood and guts. And we had Blackpool Combat Club and and friends <laughs> of sorts. Not really friends when it comes to Claudio and Kingston. And then you got the Jericho Appreciation Society on the other opposite end, all decked out in red before everybody would be completely bleeding and getting red of their own. Fun match. I mean, as expected, Blood and Guts was gonna be fun and people beat the living shit out of each other. We got an injury with Santana. That out of all the things, of course, you know, when you get these matches where it's like people going through tables and there's cages and everything, the injury comes from a urinagi because whatever, you know, you slip on a banana peel and that's how things work. But Blackpool Combat Club ends up victorious at the end and Kingston is upset with Claudio Castagnoli because he got the submission victory while Kingston was hoping to get Jericho to tap out. So it's an interesting I way of doing that it. That's fantastic. First of all, I have to say, I watched this. Uh, these matches are much better without the picture-in-picture commercial breaks. I, just, I want everyone to know that. It made it a much better experience. Um, I thought that the finish was phenomenal because Kingston being upset that he won but didn't finish it the way he needed to and then, of course, it's the guy that he had issues with to begin with. I think that that's great. I thought the match itself was insane. The glass, the rubbing alcohol. Uh, honestly, Sami Zayn kind of doing... Sorry. Sami Guevara doing a swanton off the top of the cage was one of the yeah. least, least uh, impactful spots to me just because everything else was so gruesome. But I thought this match was great. 
yeah, absolutely adored this match. I thought that it was very well structured. There, there were a few sloppy moments, but then again, it's one of these matches where you can kind of overlook some sloppiness. Like the first spot of the match pretty much was botched when I think that Sammy was supposed to leapfrog Claudio to one side of the ring to the other and then just gets caught up with Claudio and then they just start fighting. So I thought, okay, that's that's just a little bit of a hiccup to start with, but then it really got going. Obviously, the injury to Santana was completely just like a freak injury. It can happen to anyone at any time. It just goes to show how, I would say how dangerous wrestling is, because it wasn't really dangerous. It was just he got his footing wrong, and anyone can get their footing wrong in any situation and r- rupture all their um, ligaments up. But hopefully, the injury's not as bad as it seems that it might be. But either way, hopefully, he has a speedy recovery. There were so many cool spots. Like you, they kind of compensate for Santana no longer being there by basically just putting um, uh, uh, Jeff Pup, um, oh, what's his name, the other guy that's thought Daddy Magic, a- a- Angelo, Angelo Parker. Parker. Yeah, Angelo Parker had him just hanging, like just bleeding. He was so bloody. Just that was hanging. such a great fucking visual. Yeah, just hanging on the outside. Like so many people went into thumbtacks. You had like first you had. Um, Daddy Magic gets like flip suplex uh, with the um, essentially the Xplex by uh, Moxley into the tax. Then you had Yuta went into the tax. You had Moxley go into them, and then Jericho applied the like dragged him through the tax, and then applied the ball to Jericho while he was laying on the tax. That was great. And then it all goes to the roof. Eventually, have uh, Ruby Soho. Not Ruby Riot, as Taz. Uh, <laughs> oh, we got we got the Ruby yeah. Riot, the, the Cesaro, the Danielson yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. But uh, she comes out to uh, like fight off take uh, Taikonchi, so we're going to have probably a match with those two going forward, which is great. More women's yep. feuds. Yeah, absolutely. And then the spots on top, you had Guevara go off, and then what I think is like even with all of the weapon shots, all the thumbtacks, all the rubbing alcohol, the bleeding. The scariest part of the entire match was uh, Claudio applying the giant swing on Jericho on top. Oh my god! I, cage. I thought he was gonna just chuck him, and then maybe open <laughs> the, the middle things were gonna sink a little bit. I that's great, it, and it was amazing as well because, like, obviously they're like twenty feet in the air because of this cage, and like. Jericho and Kingston are just very gingerly moving around. They're crawling about on it quite a lot. They're staying on their knees as much as they possibly can. Uh, Claudio gets on top and he's like running around. He's doing. I know he's just doing. He's having the time of his life. Claudio is a great athlete. Yeah, and him applying the swing and then the finish, which was great, of having uh, Matt Menard tap out means that Kingston has not got his full retribution over Jericho. And it could lead multiple directions. It could even mean that we are going to get the final blow-off singles match between Jericho and Kingston down the road. Or it could just lead to a scenario where Jericho says, okay, you guys won. You won the match. We're moving on. But Kingston just can't accept that he, like, they are moving on because he still hasn't got his full thing with Jericho. But Jericho can just consistently just flat out refuse to wrestle him. That means Eddie gets frustrated. Eddie turns on... Uh, oh, uh, unleashes his frustrations on the guy that's cost him his retribution, which is Claudio. He might, again, I'm not saying it'll be like Kingston turning heel, but it'll be kind of a, just a bit of a personal rivalry between like two people that should be aligned, but can't get along. And so that could be fun. 
so yeah, there's a lot of different directions they can go with after this finish. And yeah, it's a it's a shame what's happened to Santana. Hopefully everyone else got through it fairly unscathed. But yeah, I thought all all twelve guys, well, eleven of the guys and then the guy for the the minute in which he was doing stuff. But the eleven guys that rested the majority of this match did a phenomenal job. It was even though I, I enjoyed the blood and guts uh, last year, this was, I think, a vast improvement over that one. So far, this is the only match that I have written down as a match of the year candidate for me. I know that I had written down, like, hey, double check, I might be forgetting ones. Uh, I actually you don't. just for AEW? For AEW, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I was going to say, there's, there's, a, there's a couple in WWE. Yeah, the, the, the WWE side, completely different. But right now, for okay. AEW, this is the only match I have written down. I don't have anything written down for worst either, but mostly because I don't watch dark and dark elevation. So I'm sure that there's, you know, there's some that I'm missing that are just like God awful shit there. But, I, I, uh, I, I mean, I'd say just, just from a personal perspective, I've had like three match of the year candidates just from forbidden door alone. forbidden door. I have a little asterisk where I'm like, you know, I got to really think about whether or not I want to put any of them down for match of the year, because I remember enjoying them, but I don't remember them necessarily being like, okay, that's, that's going on there for sure. Blood and guts definitely for sure is going on there. So oh, yeah, yeah, this is a definite contender. I think there'll be there'll be more matches that we can look at down the road and matches that I'll have to revisit to see whether there are better ones. But this is going to be hard to beat or match. Right now, it's still uh, Punk and Maxwell in the dark oh, yeah. color for me. But... I mean, that's a great one. I mean, I I'm a big fan of the um, again going back to Forbidden Door, the um, opening six man tag. That was probably my favorite match of the night, yeah. I, yeah, I just thought that match was just awesome. But I also really liked um, uh, the uh, triple threat tag from uh, Revolution with the Bucks and Red Dragon and uh, Jurassic Express. I thought that was a really good one. I also thought the triple threat tag from uh, Double or Nothing was one of the best ones as well with the Keith Lee and Strickland, Starks and... and uh, powerhouse hobs so i think yeah there's a there's a lot of really really good matches we also had um ftr and the bucks this year as well in their in their rematch so that's right yeah. that's also a good one yeah so aw is pretty, and uh Guevara versus cody in the ladder match from early this year as well oh man wow so so yeah there's gonna be a lot of contenders i'm, I'm definitely gonna have to revisit a lot of the ones here but this one will definitely be on the list hmm. Well, uh, that's all I got for the hot tags. Anything else you guys were really talking about? No, I think uh, this was a relatively chill week. So far. Well, who knows what happens on SmackDown tonight? <laughs> Knock on wood. Well, yeah, yeah we've got uh, Money in the Bank to think about. Next is the, the big major thing, unless obviously something big happens on, on, Smackdown, on SmackDown. I keep forgetting that Money in the Bank is tomorrow. It just doesn't feel like it. Yeah, the Saturday thing sucks. Mm. Yeah. But, of course, it is tomorrow, and that means that I'll be doing my normal coverage. So you've got your uh, your updates on smartcatmoma.com. you got some articles coming out, and then during the pay-per-view, we'll chat it up in the Mega Maniacs, and then we'll talk about it afterward with the Money in the Bank post-show podcast. So make sure that you ring that little notification bell and get that subscription going to where you'll get that email alert to know when we go live for that. And... Um, uh, we'll roll on next week with whatever the main topic is that we had decided to do. I think right now I currently have down 
that it might be the mailbag actually now i'm looking at that yeah um wow mailbag <laughs> quarter quarter three mailbag is what i've got written down quarter three don't do that to me fucking <laughs> <laughs> years going by isn't it yeah so if you do have mailbag questions send them in and um yeah i mean if we end up doing something completely different and putting that back a week or whatever then obviously we'll just keep them on the back burner but that's i guess the current game plan we'll figure that out as time goes on over the next few days and we'll let you know if we know anything else but yeah uh hot tags those are in the books drop your comments and make sure that you are following us all over the place at smart moment and then over of himboysanonymous.com check out what's happening over there Follow me at Tony Mango and follow what these guys are up to. Rob is over there at Dude Felice. I am. I'm at Dude Felice everywhere on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, all that good stuff. You know, I always appreciate the support and to stay tuned. And I'm sure great things are coming. Cal? You can find me on Twitter at Wakemeister14. And you should be checking out a primary relief. Obviously, with Money in the Bank coming up, you've got the Fantasy League and... Obviously, Money in the Bank will play a role in that because our predictions will determine who gets any bonus points or gets at least one of their superstars getting bonus points or takes points away from one of the other uh, competitors going forward. So, I would just like to say again, Roman Reigns is royally fucking me this year. <laughs> just like, not showing up, man. Yeah, uh, essentially, we, we all have someone... At least one person, sometimes multiple people towards the top that we drafted that's just doing nothing for us. Rob, you have both Roman and Charlotte that are doing absolutely nothing for oh. you. Um, oh, no. Tony has Sasha Banks somewhere down in the near order. Obviously, she's not gained any points. Uh, at least She could be minus some points. Yeah, could be, could be minus 25 soon. Um, yeah, and Cody's screwing me over because he had to go and get injured. Boy, we really just... <laughs> We swung for the fences. You'd think these were easy, and then they all go down. What is this? Yeah, so it's, uh, definitely stay tuned to that, www.fantasyleague.com, or find it on the Smart website. And while you're on the Smart Command website, check out all the articles there, including my week-to-week contribution, the Power Rankings. And, yeah, that's it from me. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening for this, and thank you for all of your support in whatever fashion that it might be, even if it's just listening or sharing or whatever. But we will be seeing you soon enough. We got that podcast coming up tomorrow night. So if you're messing us and you're feeling like, man, you know, I need to get my fix. In the meantime, over the next 24 hours, you got all these other episodes in the past. So you can click on and, you know, that some of that content just does not expire whatsoever. And we got great additions of all sorts of different segments out there, like the Mount Rushmore's and the mock drafts and everything that we've done. So, you know, check them out if you're messing us and uh, we'll be back around in 20 what 28 hours or something i don't know whatever the math is um in the meantime though enjoy smackdown hopefully and enjoy your friday night see you tomorrow everybody but for now this has been another smart out moment and we are being counted out